Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. You know, this past weekend was pretty unique. It was something we call Beautiful Day. It's a beautiful day. And Beautiful Day is when we take the church service out into the community and we serve together as a community at a variety of high-impact service projects across the city. These service projects are done in coordination with local nonprofits and local ministries and even the cities that we work in, the city and county of Santa Clara. And we're trying to try to help and be a, a force of common good throughout our community. And we often partner with some frontline ministries who are doing some really important and, and, and vital work uh, in our community, helping to serve our community and hold it together. And we get to partner with them. Uh, so it's a really powerful thing. And so to talk about this, I wanted uh, somebody who had a little bit better view of Beautiful Day to come and share. So I have Finney Abraham, who is our local compassion pastor whose job it is to try to figure out Beautiful Day and to foster relationships with the city and with some nonprofits so that we can um, serve as a community outside of our four walls. So Finney is here to share stories from Beautiful Day and stories about impact and stories about um, some some really neat things that happened over this past weekend and in the months leading up to Beautiful Day. So Finney's going to share that. I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. And we're going to dive right in. Well, you're here, Finney Abraham, wearing a beautiful day sweatshirt. Where can I get such swag? Because that's a nice looking sweatshirt. That's a nice looking hoodie, Finney. Yeah. yeah. Are they available for sale? It was for the last few weeks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I didn't pick one up, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So, hey, everybody, welcome to The Afterword here with Finney Abraham. Finney, so glad you're here. Finney, you want to tell people your formal title? Because I always mess it up. I say like local compassion pastor, um, beautiful day person. Like how what is it's beautiful? It's local compassion pastor, right? It's local compassion pastor. So that, I mean, I've but got, you're but beautiful day is a huge part of, of of what local compassion is. It's a big part of it, right? Absolutely, it's one of uh, one of the ministries that uh, we do. There are several other things we do as well, of course. But um, I, I I also think it's fascinating because my work with. Uh, local government, folks who are not Christian, outside the walls of our church, uh, they hear this title, and they're always very curious what this means. Uh, one person has actually called me local compassionate pastor. <laughs> compassionate. <laughs> You're like, well, I hope so. I hope I am compassionate. Uh, it's not an adjective, though. It's more like a noun. Yeah, that's the least qualification. Just be, <laughs> Just be compassionate. I'm, I'm your local compassionate pastor. Do you have hard things going on in life? I'll... I'll sit with you, right? Uh, especially, especially if you are outside the walls of a church and you're not a Christian. Um, it is actually very interesting when they when they find that there is a position um, that is basically reaching out to our community, our city, outside the walls of our church. Uh, yes, they're very uniquely interested to hear what the church has to offer, and I'm I'm very grateful for um, this unique role that uh, helps us to be outward focused. I would say that there aren't a whole lot of churches that have that that position. Yeah, I bet. And and I also think it is 
you know, I mean, if you're a solo pastor, smaller church. Sure, uh, it's next to impossible. Yeah, Yeah. one of the things that I think Westgate does really well is to um, allow me to actually, you know, uh, serve and uh, work with other uh, local churches that are smaller in number uh, to support and to, in some way, be their local compassion pastor. So in essence, part of your job is to coordinate with other churches and other ministries, but also you work with the city mm-hmm. to try to get um, some common common ground, common good. Yeah. It's a little bit like we talked about, I guess it was two weeks ago now, um, the, the beautiful passage in Jeremiah, work for the common good um, of the city, work for the good of the city, because yeah. if it prospers, you you will prosper too. Uh, is that how you kind of see your your role? Yeah, absolutely. So we work closely with local government, nonprofits, and churches to serve our city. So in ways, we are trying to figure out what are those common areas that uh, we can serve the city by serving local government. And there's actually a lot of areas where um, the government uh, needs faith communities' help. And it is a learning for both sides, both for government and for faith communities, and like how to work together. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we we it it got really uh, to its peak during COVID and during the yeah. shutdown. Um, and there's a lot of things we learned in the process on how we can serve our city by working very closely with local government. So talk to me about some of the things that you've learned. Let's say in the past year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people would say, well, the church has nothing to learn from a government, which is a corrupt, stupid institution, which should completely go away. Some people actually hold that view. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from city partners? Uh, we'll get to the nonprofits, because the nonprofits, uh, we had a dinner last night for the Beautiful Day Celebration Dinner, mm-hmm. and I got to sit at a table with a couple of those nonprofit leaders, and it was it was really cool mm-hmm. to hear their heart. Some of them, a couple of them were not even Christian in any way, in any meaningful way but their heart for serving the city. So we'll get to that in a second. What have you learned from the city? What have you learned from the government about what it means to to love your neighbor for you as a Christian? Because you're going to filter everything through the Christological demand to love your neighbor, right? That's what you're... Yeah. Well, strategically, there are certain things um, the city can do uh, to as, as part of their job to serve the community. Uh, most of it is policy-related stuff. Uh, some of it is allocating funds in a way that could be beneficial for the citizens. But at the end of the day, one of the critical things that I think faith communities uh, can do, and I think local government looks up to faith communities for, is to serve the poor, uh, serve uh, people who are um, undocumented, serve folks who are uh, homeless, and uh, come up with a strategy that can actually help uh, the government in in helping folks who are in some way uh, need. And here's the thing. It is not about more money. It is not about more material things. It is basically restoring broken relationships. The city cannot hire people to restore relationships that are broken between themselves, others, and God. And in many ways, I think the city is looking for people who can step in, love people, be compassionate to people, and uh, to help one person at a time, one family at a time in restoring relationships. And that is the biggest thing I'm learning, that I think so we have a critical part to play in the, commu- in, in, in the local uh, community. We are to be part of, you know, present around the table, along with everything that happens, policy, philanthropy, 
um, you know, um, uh, government-related stuff and faith communities do being there, uh, being part of a process of restoring stuff that is broken. And I think so that is what we teach our folks every week in church is to, as Paul calls it, do the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, so like a, a church can't build a road. Mm-hmm. That's too hard. Right. Governments have to do that. Right. But on the on the relational side, what have you seen? Can you give me an example or a story of something in terms of what the city just, it's outside the scope of what a city can meaningfully do, but the church can, uh, like a church or the church, mm-hmm. um, can come in and, and really help. Can you give me an example or a story? Yeah, for sure. I think so. During COVID and even uh, after that, um, we have learned that, for example, uh, for low-income communities, uh, when there is uh, food food insecurity, let's say, um, you know, the, the city can organize ways in which to get the food uh, to people, uh, but it uses the church's infrastructure uh, to distribute it uh, for uh, the the people who, who actually need it. But more than that, it is not just transactional of just giving the food, right? Uh, in between, uh, there are a lot of things that individuals can do uh, that the city cannot. For example, uh, getting to know that, you know, stuff happening um, sometimes in family. Um, You're talking about like holistic care. Absolutely. Because we're more than just stomachs and bodies. Exactly. We have souls and we have relational needs. So the church can actually help with that. Absolutely. And help people connect back to God and to each other in meaningful ways that the city just doesn't even know what to do with. Absolutely, because the city is focused on trying to get the food, uh, the immediate needs out there, which is their role, and I think they should do. But uh, in the process of it, at the end of the day, this is a human-to-human relational aspect of it. For example, during our food pantry here, uh, I think so. Four months ago, we started, uh, you know, a different uh, perspective of looking at it. Uh, basically, we said, "Hey, instead of just giving the food, uh, why don't we get to know the name of one person, and next time when they come, remember that person and just call them by name." Literally, uh, I think so. A few months ago, we we didn't ask, but uh, about uh, eighteen people uh, gave us prayer requests uh, oh, that wow. is happening in their lives to for us to pray for. So slowly building those bridges of relationships. Right. And 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 Because it's not just like a grocery store. It is not. And You're trying to provide something deeper. And interestingly, the you know, when I talk to local government authorities, they know that it is more than uh, just the material need. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it, it cannot be fixed by just material stuff. Yeah. There is way more than that. It, it is mental health. Uh, you know, it is um, right. You know, it is about how folks interact with uh, folks in their family, outside their work, uh, and all these things that comes together that m- has a major impact in the way um, they live in the community. And uh, local government knows that faith communities have a role in in restoring that, and we just need to know what is our role and and just do that. That's awesome. Okay, let's get into beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of fun facts that yeah, um, your department sent me. So first of all, over the weekend, we had 1,380 total volunteers. And that's a total of almost 5,000 man hours, mm-hmm. volunteer hours. That is a, that's a lot of, 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 there was 18 different projects mm-hmm. across the bay. Talk to me about some of the stuff that you saw, because you got to drive around all over. Yep. Uh, kind of seeing some stuff. What excited you? What were some cool things that you saw? Because I, I think you have a perspective. A lot of folks were like had their head down, 
in one project, but you got to see quite a few of them. So tell me some of the stories that, that, that really inspired you, that really kind of affected your heart. Yeah, one of the things I think uh, myself and also the Beautiful Day team uh, experiences, you know, at the end of Beautiful Day is basically we have seen these uh, projects and these locations, let's say, seven, eight months ago. Sure. We have seen it when it is actually broken and not looking good. And to actually see it completely transform over the weekend is actually a, a, a very powerful and a hopeful thing. You know, beauty is a very, very powerful thing to see. Uh, beauty can can really um, uh, encourage you. And the more you look at it, you realize how actually broken things are and how amazingly God can help people to come together and, 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 and make it look good. Here is the, here's the things I learned. And mostly it is with um, the recipients, right? So they talk to us for the last six months. Sometimes they're like, oh, probably these guys can do, probably they cannot do. But that six months of interaction with them uh, gets us to a point where they're like, we're going to do this together. It's not just volunteers. Uh, sometimes there is community involvement. Sometimes there is uh, volunteers from the recipients' uh, organizations that uh, come forward. You know, uh, the principal who actually came for our celebration dinner from Lindale. She was there. That's Lindale Elementary in the Alam Rock School District. Mm-hmm. So that's in a, a very poor area. It's a, it's a, it, it serves a lot of students that are in the low socioeconomic yeah. class, right? It's a Title I school. Yeah, Title I. And, and the principal, along with a couple of her staff members, were there for the whole day for all eight hours just doing stuff. And, and they had actually several people from the community seeing this and wanting to be a part of it. Uh, that that is uh, that creates a lot of momentum for us in the community uh, because you know as Jay uh, our lead pastor has several times mentioned uh, you know the world is not anymore asking if Christianity is true it is asking if Christianity is good and I think we we get to embody uh, that goodness of who God is in small little ways uh, in our community so that is one one thing uh, we s- get to see in each of these projects, the transformation part of it. And it is pretty beautiful to see. Most of our volunteers come for four hours and then they go, but the impact that they create is something I get a front uh, view uh, seat row to see. Uh, and that, that is very um, uh, fulfilling and uh, pretty amazing to see. Yeah. What, are, what other stuff inspired you? Uh, other stories from, from Beautiful Day Weekend that really touched your heart? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I probably may mention this in our sermon. Um, w- one of the stories was at Sacred Heart School. Uh, it's, again, another uh, low-income community. And this is a school that serves um, uh, low-income uh, uh, kids in that community, uh, getting them prepped for high school and college. And uh, we've been serving there for the last two years. And this year, our volunteers were there um, in the afternoon. Um, we don't give lunch or water for our volunteers, <laughs> kind of cheap. <laughs> or we're, we're basically trying to put all our resources into the project. But uh, this neighbor guy, he really saw this. He saw a bunch of young people getting involved. He was very inspired. Um, not, I- not, not a person who has a lot of resources, actually a very poor person. Um, and he stepped out, and he went and got some hot dogs and some bun and other things, and he started cooking f- uh, lunch for all our volunteers. 
while he started grilling out as you guys were serving. Right. And yeah, and for him it was he he just wanted to do his part. Yeah. In 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 seeing what was happening and wanting to inspire others to continue to do it. It was a big deal. And for me, it was not just that he was willing to give. It was also our volunteers willing to receive. Right? To be there in front of his backyard in like not backyard, it's kind of like his front yard, I think. And um, and to be in the uncomfortable situations there and to listen to him. He was sharing his stories. So he was talking about his life and uh, what he wants to get done. And and I, I was able to hear some of these things and I was thinking that it's possible that we could connect him with some of our connections because he, he said he, want to, he wanted to do catering and start like a uh, catering truck business. Huh. And I know of a guy who actually has a commercial kitchen who wants to help people like that so it's amazing right so he stepped in with what his little he could do but he was inspired by what was going on right i served at the almaden expressway cleanup because it's right in the backyard of south hills right and so we're out there like an almaden expressway in between the median and we had this one guy he just pulled over and he pulled over his car and he's just like all right like i live in this neighborhood if you're going to be serving i'm going to be serving and it was pretty warm. It was a little, little warm on that black asphalt. It was like 85. It was a little, little warm. It wasn't like hot. Yeah. But it was like, you know, we're yeah. sweating. We're all sweating. And he's out there just completely drenched in sweat, just raking all the mulch and putting down the weed blocker and cleaning, clearing out and helping this wheelbarrow, you know, tons and tons of mulch. And uh, at the end of it, Karina and I were talking to him, and he's just – yeah, man, I'm really passionate about this. I was, I was a, I was a gang member. He had a Phillies tattoo on his neck, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Listen, no one has a Phillies tattoo on there." <laughs> like, what? And he's like, "Yeah, actually, I don't like the Phillies. It's covering up a gang tattoo. I used to be in a gang. I used to be really addicted, and I got clean of that, and now I'm clean and sober. And I go to a church, and and this is this is the kind of expression of what it means to bring yeah. goodness into the world, and I want to be a part of it. And he he was with us." For hours, hours, and uh, we we got done with our section, and and we shook hands and exchanged contact information, and and he went on his way. But my point was that that he had other plans that day. I'm mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. he was going to go home and watch football or do whatever he w- was going to do, and he stopped because something about the act of serving sparked a divine. I think there's a divine spark of compassion right. that kind of sparks up in people, and they're like, "I'm going to be a part of this," yep. just like the guy who's grilling up all the hot dogs, you know. Yep. And and that project, Alman Expressway, we've been doing it for the last uh, over three years, and always every year, it uh, ha- you know the community gets involved. They see what is happening, they stop and they they want to come uh, and serve. Uh, so you know I'm very thankful for that as we as we complete the entire um, expressway. Again, this is a good example of how local government gets involved in some of the things we do. We are only able to do that because they provide us the traffic. Uh, yeah, they you know, had traffic control, control yeah, yeah, and and that costs a lot of money because we're out there in the median, and we you know don't right. want to get hit, <laughs> right? And and government and faith communities are working together to yeah to serve that place. I I also have another story of uh, I think so U.S. missions. Uh, this is a home for uh, young uh, homeless men, uh, just sheltering them and giving them hope. Uh, run by com- completely just donors, no support from government or anything like that. Uh, we were there uh, just uh, doing our work, painting and all, of, just trying to make Is it a house? It's a house. It's a Victorian house. And they wanted to make it uh, welcoming and, and good for these folks to come so that they, 
you know, at the end of the day, helping others is about restoring dignity that God has already given them. We're not doing anything. God has already given individuals dignity because they're created in God's image. Uh, but it has been um, uh, broken because of sin and all the other issues that we have. We have an opportunity to somehow uh, put those pieces together and restore it. And this act of actually cleaning up that place, painting that place and making it welcoming was part of uh, the idea that for some of these folks to come in uh, and to feel like, okay, I will be okay in this place and things will be fine. So we did this and uh, there was a couple of uh, neighbors who walked in and said, hey, um, we have never seen this kind of stuff happening, um, inspired, and they, they wanted to come and serve. So this always happens uh, yeah. whenever there's a Beautiful Day project. So is U.S. Mission an organization that you were familiar with before? You know, the way we got that project is we have one of our project directors uh, in our team, Scott Katrick. Uh, yeah, you, I know Scott. You know yeah, Scott. we go back. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Scott uh, has a big heart for uh, addiction-related yeah. services, homelessness. Uh, so every year uh, he brings us some projects which is close to that. So last year it was Alano Club. Uh, all these places are uh, recovery-related stuff. So, so, so yeah. they actually had uh, they have donors. They go home to home and collect donations. And uh, this one wow. guy went to Scott's house. He heard about the program, and then he reached out to them. Oh, that's and cool. That's how we got the project. But give me another overview, just because you know all you hold all the projects. You got all eighteen of them. So just give me a smattering of, of some of the places of some of the community partners that we had. Because we had, um, and I don't have the list in front of me, so you probably have it right in your head. Um, so you, there was also a home in, in, in South County that you yes. guys restored. What yeah. was that? Uh, it was it was a house for uh, teenage uh, women who are addicted and who are homeless. Uh, so it is a it is a home for them. Uh, we actually there was also a home for boys like that that we did in South County last year. That was last year, right? Yeah, yeah I remember that project. Yeah, and so it's year. restoring that home, making it nice. Oh, with all the needs, because, you know, they, they are not able to focus on any of these, uh, you know, their facilities. Related the capital stuff. improvements, right, right. yeah, uh, because they're so busy serving the kids. Yeah, and they don't have funds for that, right? And uh, sometimes things are uh, things are out of code or, you know, they just, and so, so us stepping in. Uh, to serve people who are already serving others. That's awesome. Um, you know, Bob Frozy, who was, uh, he was president of a Beautiful Day yesterday um, in our celebration dinner, was telling, you know, we went there, um, uh, you know, on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we were out. These folks are there Monday to Friday, and they're, right. they're going to go. And the small... It's um, like support. It's like artillery support for the frontline troops is exactly. what it is. Absolutely. We kind of drop in supplies... Mm-hmm. And do some artillery support from long distance, and then sometimes our people get they're like, "Man, this is awesome! I'm going to get involved." Yeah, and so and the, that's that, the front lines. It also creates so much of hope for the people who are doing that work, right? That hey, the community sees us, right? Somebody stepped in to do this. That's awesome, and that gives them the energy to go forward. Yeah, right. Because this this kind of work, oh, it's hard. It's not easy. Oof. It's, yeah, it's, it's difficult work. So. And again, who's going to care for those folks? Right, if and that's the same yeah. thing for. So all the other kind of projects that are, you know, nonprofits like that. Uh, city has uh, several things, parks and recs, uh, code enforcement. You know, these are things that uh, uh, organizations like ours can step in to serve so that they can serve their clients even better. 
Um, so cleaning up parks, beautifying parks, common right. spaces, schools, schools. Of course, is we did a couple of schools this year. Yes. Um, yeah. Every year we have uh, which are kind of community schools. hubs. Schools yes. are community hubs. Uh, right. Yeah. And uh, then we had other nonprofits like um, Salvation uh, Army, Salvation Army, Sacred Heart School. Um, yeah, and these again doing amazing work for the community, and we step in uh, to support them in a small way. And every year, it is it is powerful and impactful and rewarding because it is done uh, by our entire community, right? I mean, yeah. as Steve once talked about it. It's it's hundred percent participation. It's not sixty percent or seventy percent. That you know, our folks uh, who who sign up and showed up and did the work. <laughs> Uh, do uh, a tremendous job for us to uh, create this momentum of serving in our yeah. community. Yeah. All right. So final question for you before we go. Why is Beautiful Day important for the expression of Christianity in the Bay Area? Like what have you, because we've used this expression. People aren't asking if Christianity is true. They're asking mm-hmm. if it's good. Mm-hmm. Obviously true and good go together. So they're parsing a bit. But basically what I think people are saying is in a world full of tribalism, in religious division and division of all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. like is someone does unconditional service, does love, does loving your neighbor, does good Samaritanism, does it even exist? Or is it only qualified? I'll only serve you if you're in my tribe. So talk to me about what you've learned about Beautiful Day and how it, it shows mm-hmm. Jesus or the kingdom. Yeah, and I think so you also asked how it kind of works. So I'll, I'll try to explain uh, all of that very briefly. Um, yes, so I think so. The whole value of loving our neighbor uh, through services, um, I think serving is the one thing that's going to unite this country. Uh, all the divisions that we have, regardless of uh, where you stand politically or otherwise, uh, there is still a heart to serve. Uh, there is still a heart to voluntarily do something for the community, and it's valued. Uh, and I think us us getting there with this mantra that we have, no strings attached, is because we can do it regardless of, um, you know, what we get or not. We're not out there uh, doing this so that, uh, you know, a lot more people will come to our church or we'll get a lot of kudos. We are doing it because this is formation for our church folks, for folks who go to Westgate or do Beautiful Day. Um, and and through it, out of it comes something beautiful. You're um, saying formation, like spiritually formation. Absolutely. That we're be somehow becoming or following Jesus more closely yep. through this process. Embody. So it's about us, not even about what the impact is I or anything so. like uh, that. Yes, yeah. I, I think so. It is. Uh, that's what we always say, volunteer first, is because this is creating uh, an attitude and a DNA of service in folks who are volunteering for this and the product out of what comes out of it is this beautiful good thing that is beneficial for our community so even if nothing happened even if even if uh, for example uh, a, a little while ago um i guess it was saturday one of my uh daughter's friends um her mom brought her over we we're talking about church and she's just like oh yeah that's really cool that you do that and then she said yeah i have attention about that um, we've done these projects before, these service projects, and it doesn't, I don't know, does, I don't know if it makes an impact, you mm-hmm. know, because, um, do, do people come to Christ? I don't know. Do they come to church? And I, I was kind of, and I was like, I get what you're saying. You're saying if, if nobody comes to Christ, then it doesn't count, you know, because that's the, the eternal thing that we're trying to go for the salvation of a soul. But that felt, I was trying to be gentle about it, but how would you, how would you answer that question? 
that if it doesn't result in somebody coming to, that evangelism and compassion works are actually tied to, they, they must be tied together. You do compassion so that people will come to your church and come to Christ. How would you part, because we, we actually don't talk about it that way. We say yeah. compassion is one bucket, evangelism is another bucket. They're tied sometimes. Yeah. But how would you how would you how would you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, no, the way we actually in fact even communicate it to our volunteers and others is this, right? We are we are not ashamed about who we are as as Christians. And if someone asks why we do what we do, uh, we'll be equipped and ready uh, to answer uh, why we do what we do. Uh, but we're not out there doing compassion. We'll not use compassion uh, to, you know, get people into church. We will do, uh, you know, uh, outreach kind of stuff for other things. Like, for example, uh, giving tracts to people in our neighborhood. We'll uh, inviting them to our Easter service or our Christmas service. We'll do that. But we'll not use compassion to do that. Rather, we will do that with no strings attached the way Jesus wants us to do, which is sacrificial, which is why we don't have services uh, in uh, our uh, uh, you know, worship centers. That's the Sunday uh, where we're out you know, serving, serving our community. So what we'll do is uh, that we will let the Holy Spirit do the work. Now, as a person who has been doing it for uh, close to five years now, uh, I have seen the impact of, of what that means. For You've seen the way that doing compassion mm-hmm. actually leads toward people coming to faith it, because it's an expression. It's kingdom building is what it is. It is an on-ramp towards uh, helping people to uh, you know, step into something that they may be leaning towards. They're afraid to look at what it is. They're, they're afraid to give Jesus a chance. This is something that is definitely an on-ramp. Now, I know individual examples of it. There is a person uh, who you know, comes to our church and who is an atheist. He openly says that. Um, and uh, but who has gone through our Alpha program, who has gone through our 640 program, and he said that, you know, I, I, I'm trying, I want to, because of the work that you guys are doing in the community through Beautiful Day. I know people who have been in the fence about serving. You know, we at that time used to ask that, you know, you need to be a 640 disciple in order to be a leader. There's this one guy who just, you know, grudgingly did this, but literally in the second or the third week, it's like, oh my gosh, this is Christianity. I'm learning it all over. I've always come to church, but I don't think so. I'm, I was a Christian and who's faithfully following Jesus now. So this is an on-ramp for a lot of people who uh, who uh, have heard about Christianity or you know is interested, but really want it is through serving with others, seeing others serving, doing it, gives them an opportunity to give it a chance to know what it is. And, and I have seen multiple examples of that. So, um, you know, if someone uh, just, just says that, you know, what can we do? Um, uh, you know, again, in the, in the whole thing with evangelism, our role is to be available. It is the Holy Spirit and God's role to change people's mind. And, and I do believe that acts of compassion can definitely help us do that. And you're also building relationships mm-hmm. with, with the community. And relationship and evangelism also go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you know, strategically, all our uh, government, nonprofit, other relationships are uh, created in a way to serve our community. Uh, so we are not just okay. Beautiful day is done. We are moving on. All the all the relationships that we have built right. through the process, they, they continue on. That is what uh, I do. Is yeah. To continue, <laughs> yeah. Continue. Those and you're so good at it. And I'm so grateful for well, it. Well, thank you. Yeah. And we're our, as a church, we're just really grateful to have. 
um, somebody with your networking skill and theological depth because you hold those two in balance better than anyone I've ever met. So we're super grateful for that. And for all of your team, the Beautiful Day Board, um, all the folks on the Compassion team, um, all the project leads and the sub leads of which there were dozens and dozens. Um, yeah, the entire team is about 100 people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. So uh, if you're out there and you had a great time at Beautiful Day and you think, hey, I would like to get involved in helping to run one of these projects. Maybe you don't want to run it, but you want to be a sub lead, run a part of it. Um, how could you get involved? Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, if you would love to be a sub lead, lead, director, whatever role is this, and if God is calling you to just step in, to just experience, uh, you know, how to set this up for thousands of volunteers, uh, reach out uh, reach out to us at info at beautifulday.org. We also need some very specific skills. We would love for people who have uh, the ability to make our website better. We have a website looks cool i think so it can get better um you know and there are other specific skills that we need about you know graphic designing and all that kind of stuff so if there are some specific skills that you have and you feel like you want to share that uh, for kingdom purposes reach reach out to us and we'll connect you with the right folks and and get you into the team awesome well finn thanks for uh for helping 1380 people uh get sweaty and uh put their put their body where their beliefs are and uh, act out this uh, loving compassion. Well, thanks. Thanks. But it's, it's, it's a whole team as, as, as you know, uh, what we do is we don't, uh, we usually say this here at Westgate. Um, you don't have a, le- if you don't have a leader, you don't have a ministry. You know, a ministry is not run by a pastor or a team. It is run by individuals, volunteers, yeah. God called people who stepped out, uh, step out and uh, those are our folks who have done this. So thank you, Westgate. Thank you for everybody who's yeah. to serve. Um, really. If you served and yeah. beautiful day, just go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back right now. Right. You deserve. That's what we want you to do. Just pat yourself on the back. That's right. But seriously, you helped us uh, make it, make it happen. So if you serve, thank you so much for doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I, you're going to be uh, talking this coming week uh, on the 16th about the celebration. So you're going to be. Uh, uh, given a chance to talk even a little bit more. So I'm excited about that. Thank you. Thanks, Finney. Thanks for a beautiful day. And uh, uh, I pray for the continued fruitfulness and relational depth and more projects that really impact these frontline workers and even more and more. I hope it doubles and triples its impact. So Praise God. that's Thanks. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Just want to say thanks to Finney Abraham for stopping by. Actually, Finney's going to be with us next week because next week we're going to have on the 16th of October, we're going to have a beautiful day celebration service. We're going to share stories. It's going to be really fun. And Finney and I get to talk about how the kingdom of God is like a mustard plant and how the faith of a mustard seed can grow into something big. We're going to talk about how small is the new big in the kingdom of God. It's going to be awesome. So join us next week when Finney's here and we'll see you next week.